Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. And welcome on in. It's another episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Whelan Engineering on the road, in the air, and around the world. Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. I'm Chris Wilner, MRN Pit Reporter here in the Concord, North Carolina studios. Kyle Ricky is back with us after playing hooky last week. Hope you're feeling better. There must be something in the air, though, because I think you sent whatever you had down here to Charlotte because I got back from Vegas. Or there's something about turn announcing in the West Coast swing because I got back from Vegas and I absolutely felt uh, pretty under the weather. I'm getting over it. So apologies for the nasal sounding show today. But uh, Kyle, it's good to see your face back on the screen. Yeah, it's that time of year. I think, you know, if it wasn't for an eye issue that I had, I would have been here last week because uh, I have I, or had the same thing I believe you have now. Um, that time of year, you know, a lot, lot of time spent in airports and on airplanes crisscrossing the country. And, um, you know, you'll have it. That's right. But you know what? I stepped in and uh, we, we, we did the show without you out there in Vegas uh, for the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. What a show out there. Always one of my favorite races. Uh, it was a good time had by all. We've got plenty coming up on this week's episode, though. We've got some great racing over the weekend. Uh, Hickory opened its season. Uh, we had the Alabama 200 as well. Uh, we've got some big races coming up, too, as well. We'll talk about those. The first ever National Super Late Model Series race coming up uh, this weekend. We'll talk about that, the Sunshine 200. And, of course, Arca Menard Series is back in action. And the first Arca West race of 2023 at Phoenix. We'll preview that. And that means we're going to have an ARCA star on the show, and his name is LeVar Scott. You may not know him, but you're going to know him after segment number two. We're going to talk to him and talk about his debut at Daytona and what he expects for his East season contingency here in 2023. But first off, Kyle, let's talk about what happened this weekend. Hickory Motor Speedway, one word, caution. Tons of them uh, in the Twin 40s for their opener there at uh, in Hickory Motor Speedway. Of course, Landon Huffman trying to defend his title. But the first one, an absolute parking lot with eight laps to go, took out nine drivers. But we had a driver go back-to-back, and his name was Doug Barnes Jr. Yeah, a great field of cars. And unfortunately, uh, a, usually a big field on opening night can lead to a long night. And that's exactly what we had at Hickory. Uh, the, the tire wall in turn one got hit not once, but twice in both of the 40-lap features of the late models. But Doug Barnes was able to avoid it all. Uh, pick up both of the race wins, had to do, uh, had to make a run in the second race from about fifth or sixth, I believe, was the invert. Um, but a good night, um, a long night. Uh, and we've talked about it before. You know, short tracks are on a bigger stage now on Flow Racing. There are people watching all around the country. Uh, they had a tough time getting the show started. You know, the national anthem went off right at the top of the hour, I believe, at, at six o'clock. Uh, but because of the way the infield was set up and, and parking with half of the field pitted outside the racetrack, I believe it took the better part of 40 minutes to get the first feature rolling. Um, so, you know, they clean that up a little, but other than that, you know, a wild night, 
And, uh, you know, great night for Doug Barnes. Yeah, and you, you mentioned you never know who's watching. And Dale Hart Jr. was tweeting, what about the crowd? Uh, about the crowd, crowd. he was at Hickory. So whether he was there or not, he was watching. So pretty cool for those drivers. And again, shout out to Annabeth Barnes Crumb. We had her on the show last yep. year, making that iconic high line for her work up to fourth in that first feature. That was impressive. Yeah, uh, ABC, as I call her, getting it done in the outside lane, the only driver to really go up there. And she was in a torrid battle for that third spot for, I don't know, the better part of Part, better part of 10 or 15 laps there toward the end of that second event. Everybody else was on the bottom. Annabeth went up top side and uh, found momentum up there. Just not enough grip to get that third spot, get that final podium spot. But uh, overall, a solid night for, I believe, a fourth and a sixth. And she uh, contended for the championship there a year ago for uh, the late models. And I'm assuming she'll probably be a contender uh, this year uh, as the summer rolls on. Absolutely. So Hickory is off and running. Also, this past weekend, the Show Me the Money series kicked off the Alabama 200, one of the big pro late model events early on in the 2023 season. And it was Seth Christensen, 15 years of age, making his first start at Montgomery Motor Speedway, picked up the win, holding off some uh, a really strong group of, of cars in the field. And uh, but the, again, caution was the theme. Two dozen cautions in that 200 lap race but he was able to hold off at the end and get the win. So congratulations to Seth. Cody Strickler taking home the modified of Mayhem win down there. Also, Smart Mods, Kyle. I know you had this paid attention on your calendar opening uh, the 2023 season, and uh, it was on Flow Racing. It was really good as well. Matt Hirschman undefeated still as we get in the middle of March. Yeah, the Low Country 99. Uh, for the Smart Mods, Florence Motor Speedway. Not a lot of caution, at least in the first half of the race. Relatively uh, long green flag runs. Drivers, I think, were saving their tires, including Matt, who has that art figured out. Uh, made a pit stop with about 24 laps to go, I believe. Came out first, went in third. I was able to pass Caleb Hedy and or Caleb Hetty and one other driver. It might have been Ryan Newman or Bobby Labani there in the second spot. And uh, was able to take the lead, and, and nobody ever caught him from there on out. So perfect new Smyrna Speed Week. And uh, now he's off and rolling here in a smart modified. He's looking for two in a row this weekend at Caraway. Yeah, Bobby Labonte got second. Caleb Hetty, you mentioned third. And Ryan Newman, the hard charger, 16th to sixth. And as Kyle mentioned, Caraway coming up on Sunday. The other big race I had my uh, circled on the calendar, and we talked about it last week, was the New River, the newly branded New River All-American Speedway in Jacksonville, North Carolina, held its makeup Solid Rock Carriers Battle of the Stars. And it was a star who picked up the win. Brendan Butterbean Queen got the job done, first went at the track, and his third start for Lee Pulliam Performance, another big-time team he's hopped on board with this year. So congratulations beating Connor Hall and Jared Fryer. All right, we've got our guest on the, on the other end of the line, and that is LeVar Scott Kyle. What a debut at Daytona in the Arkham Menard Series. First ever trip to the World Center of Racing, and he gets a top five finish. We'll talk to LeVar Scott of Rev Racing. Coming up next here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and warning systems for the automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Whelan products are designed, sourced, and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Whelan Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left, and we're here to stay.
Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Wheel and Engineering. Joining us now via Zoom, the rookie driver in the Arc Menard Series, Arca E Series. That is LeVar Scott running for Rev Racing. And LeVar, let's just kick things off with what happened in Daytona. You come out of the gate swinging with a top five finish in your first start at the World Center of Racing. Walk me through that weekend, just the jitters of making your first start at Daytona, but then coming out with a good finish there at the end. Yeah, well, the weekend was it was a great weekend. It's really all you can. It was it was a dream come true, honestly. But um, we had a test session on in January before the the big race in February 18th. So um, after the test session, I felt my confidence level and the way I was feeling was very very high. I just felt I felt like we could do it. We had the car to do it. I know I could do it, and the crew chief was good. So um, I thought everything was honestly full circle. It came around really good. You know, the weekend was probably one of the smoothest, one of the smoothest racing weekends I ever had in my in my career. Just practice was good, qualifying was good, and the race obviously we finished fourth. So um, really couldn't ask for too much better than that. You know, I wanted to win, but uh, we kind of got hung out to dry with uh, one to go by the twenty car. But uh, it's racing, so it happens. But um, to finish fourth in the first time on Daytona was really all you can ask for. And you led fourteen laps. What's it like yeah. leading for the first time in your first start at Daytona? Yeah, honestly. It wasn't like I was, I think that was probably one of the most focused and locked in I've ever been, like driving wise. So I, I didn't, I knew I was leading, but I, I didn't let the emotions or the excitement get to me. I just felt this focus and just wanted, I wanted to end it. I wanted to finish first, but um, I don't know. It was cool and I'm happy to be able to go back and watch it, man. We really let Daytona, but at the time I was just, just locked in, just focused. Let's go back a little bit before we talk this year for a lot of our uh, viewers and listeners that are, you know, on the Google machine after Daytona going, who's LeVar Scott? How did you get here to this point in your career? Obviously a NASCAR drive for diversity program, I think in 2021 and then as well as this year, Mm -hmm. but even before that, where did racing begin for you in your young career out of New Jersey? Yeah, so racing started in the Northeast. I did the quarter midgets at Delaware at Black Rose Speedway. Then I moved into the micro sprint class and I ran those for about four or five years and got a, a, a pretty, had a pretty good track record in the micro sprint. You know, that's, I kind of, I love that stuff. You have to really drive the stuff aggressive. You only have 25 to 30 laps to really get it done. So I think that taught me a lot of my aggression, aggression and, and how to get it done in a quick amount of time. But um, that kind of that kind of led to the position I am now. In uh, 2020, we did 2019. We did a combine with Rev Racing and got into the program and ran the U.S. Legend cars in 2020. And then 2021 and 2022, I ran the uh, late model stock division in the NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series. And um, everything's kind of coming together and like, kind of like playing. Um, I don't want to. This this is my this is be my third year on asphalt total. So I don't kind of want to rush nothing. I know there's a lot of stuff I need to learn. A lot of different things that a lot of the veteran guys know that I don't know. So uh, I don't want to rush. I don't want to get into the Xfinity series or truck series too soon. I just kind of want to take my time here in the Arca series and kind of learn the ropes and learn, learn the air and learn racecraft and, and how to get around people like tracks like Kansas and uh, Phoenix. And, you know, it's a, it's a completely different track than a short oval track. So a completely different race. So um, I think everything's coming together pretty good. And I'm just, I'm happy to be here really. You mentioned the drive for diversity combine that you went through a couple of years ago. How, I mean, there's a lot of pieces to that combine, or there was for years, you know, the, the fitness stuff, the media training, uh, obviously the on-track stuff. How stressful is it? How fun is it uh, when when you went through that a few years ago? Yeah, it's probably one of the most stressful feelings in the world because um, you're, you're competing against guys, kids around the world. So, uh, you know, they all have talent. They all are really good from where they come from. And they all, they all have confidence in themselves to get it done. So um, it's kind of, you're really, you're competing against a great amount of kids so um you have to get it done i mean even this year this is that, that was 
2022 combine was my third combine. And even then, I was still really nervous and, and jittery. But I remember my first one, I was young. I, I really didn't – I think I was more confident in my first one than I was this one because I, I didn't – like, I – I think I know. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I didn't know how really how much this this program and this in this uh, team could push me. Now, being here now, I know that's why I was so much more nervous because I know like if I like if I do this, this could really be a, a huge jump start to my career and help my, my career. But um, it, it's it's a weird feeling. But when you're inside the car, all the feelings going away. You know, you just gotta get in it and drive it. But the media stuff, especially at that age, I was 16, so that that's that was real nerve wracking. But uh, once I got in the car, everything kind of felt really good and just just, just do what I do and drive. You look at drivers like Haley Deegan and Rajak Ruth and Nick Sanchez that have kind of come through that program now in the truck series and Xfinity series. Who do you lean on for advice as you're kind of now the next group that's coming through this program uh, trying to make it, you know, in the NASCAR top three series. So who, who have you kind of leaned on for advice and kind of who's mentored you a little bit uh, as you started your career? Yeah, definitely uh, Raja. Raja has helped me tremendously this year. And uh, Kyle Larson, actually, Kyle Larson, me and him talked before Daytona. And uh, he's he's a funny guy, but Roger, Roger. So this year I'm doing I'm doing the Arc East schedule, and he did the Arc East schedule in 2021. So he has a big notebook for a lot of the tracks that I'm going to, kind of like Pensacola. Me and him are going to sit and talk about that before before we go there. We're actually supposed to do a sim session tonight, maybe. But um, yeah, Roger Cruz, he's he's helping me tremendously because he's has he's he's this, he's the I'm kind of in his footsteps of where he was at two years ago. So he has a big notebook and he, he's really smart and diligent about the stuff he's doing. His notes are really, really good. So to have someone like him, someone actually really cares and is passionate about the sport and, and wants to really help me to, to, to get it, get, get the job done. Uh, it's just really, really good. You picked up your, your first late model win on asphalt a couple of years ago at the Hickory Motor Speedway. What was that yeah. night like? What was that moment like? Where does it stack up in your career? Yeah. So going into the weekend, so in the in the late model in the late model division here at Red Racing, we have 18 races a year, so we don't get to race every single week, week like a lot of the other drivers do. But I remember, I remember specifically that weekend, I got to race at Hickory the week before, and then the next week I got to race there again. So I knew that week I felt really confident because like I just raced there Saturday, I'm going to get back in the car and just get right back at it and pick up where I left off. So I felt really, really confident that whole week. I remember Saturday, uh, we qualified second. I was like, I can, I can get this done. I remember uh, off the start, we got a really good, really good jump, and I kind of pinched them down a little bit, and uh, we raced for a little bit, for like three laps, and I got to the lead. From there, we just saved, and uh, it just happened. We got the win, and um, it felt really good because that was my first win with our race, and I did the legend cars. With the legend cars competition is you need you need a few years before you get a win in that, and especially at the at the Charlotte Speedway. So to get my first one with our racing to get my first uh, big stock car win was it was it was a dream. I mean, coming from you you guys know coming from the dirt stuff back at home, it's not as not as big to get wins like that. So it felt really good. And I want to get some more pretty, pretty soon here. What was the biggest learning curve for you going from the dirt stuff? Cause you know, like yourself, I started in quarter midgets, did the micro stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, after that, you know, I decided to be a broadcaster. I wasn't going to go any farther, but for you then to go to asphalt and learn the, the late model stock. And then obviously now in the Arca series, what's the biggest translation that you could take from your dirt stuff and, and how hard was the learning curve then jumping into a legends car and obviously uh, moving on up? Um, it was really hard. It was hard for me to learn the patience of just calming down and not like, cause you know, the, the dirt stuff, you have to, you have to get up and go. You only have 25 laps to get it done with this asphalt stuff, especially I can't really speak too much on Arca stuff because I haven't really done any short track stuff, but the like Hickory and Florence, like you have to be very, cause you have a lot of these races are twin forties or twin fifties where you have a second race and after your first race. So, um, I just remember like, I always want to like from, Start if I start at eighth, I want to get to the lead and lead for the first 40 laps. But doing that, 
you're not going to have no tires left for the second race. So that, it was, that was pretty, I won't say difficult, but the biggest learning curve is to, to just be patient, calm down, like it's just, it's just, just save your tires. But that after you get the, the hang of that and you feel it once of succeeding when you actually do save tires, like, okay, nah, no, just to always relax and just be patient inside, inside especially for asphalt stuff. But um, I would say the biggest thing I, I got to take over from the dirt stuff was just, I think dirt, just dirt racing. I think it teaches you how to drive anything, just uh, how to be on the edge of the car and feel what the edge of a car feels like when you're getting sideways, how, what's the limit of pushing that and uh, different things like that. It's just that the natural aggression, you, you can just naturally carry over to anything. And I think that's what you have to do, especially for qualifying and stuff like that. So uh, you can learn a lot, but there's some things you have to kind of tweak on and fix if you want to succeed in the, on the asphalt side of things. The Arkham and Art Series East schedule gets underway at the end of the month, March 25th, Five Flags Speedway, some historic yep. tracks on the schedule this year, Milwaukee, Dover, Bristol, IRP. What are you looking forward to most uh, this, this 2023 season on the Arkham and Arts East Series? Well, I'm looking forward to them all. I think this is a, definitely a huge, huge, huge stuff in my career and a huge learning curve in my career. But um, the track that I really circled when I, when I seen the schedule was Dover. You know, Dover is my home track coming from New Jersey. That's the track we always went to growing up. So um, to have my whole family and friends be able to come to that and, and, and kind of see that for the first time, it's going to be it's going to be an awesome experience. I can't wait to experience that. But uh, right now, my mind's on Pensacola. I'm focused on Pensacola. I've been training, uh, doing iRacing, just working out every day, trying to get ready for that because that's obviously going to set set how the rest of the year goes. You don't you want to come out of, come out of Pensacola with a good result, and uh, so Pensacola is out right now. But I know after that, it's time to get ready for Dover and so on. What's the camaraderie like within Rev Racing? Obviously, you know you're running the East schedule. You ran Daytona. We have Jack Wood in the car. Uh, as well as Andres Delara, uh, De who's running uh, for in Phoenix here this weekend. But, you know, mm -hmm. so there's several different drivers in the organization of Rev Racing. How do you guys all get along? How much is this a learning process for everybody? You kind of leaning on each other a little bit uh, for notes and things like that? Yeah, so I found out about the Jack News kind of late into it, probably about two weeks before Daytona. And right when I found out, I texted them. We hung out. We uh, got some notes and played some sim together to get ready for Daytona. So I would say the camaraderie there and, and uh, friendship there and the teamwork there is very, very good. But I know me and Andreas, we see each other every single day. And that's, that's really, I think he's turning into one of, my, one of my best friends. I mean, we hang out all the time outside of the shop. We, we watch racing together. We take notes together. We do everything together. So um, I would say that the friendship me and him have specifically in the teamwork we have is kind of, I really can't ask for too much of a better teammate. Um, he's a, I think coming from Mexico, he's just a, and being here, he's a, a naturally a funny guy. And it's like, he's really a funny, really guy. So um, I think me and his teamwork, we're definitely going to be able to help each other out a lot this year and also have fun with that because we're still, we're still kids, not kids, but young adults at the end of the day. So we always want to have fun and, uh, and just bring fun along with it. But uh, he's an awesome teammate to have. Final question for you, and you've mentioned it a couple of times, uh, it's the sim. And you spent a lot of time on sim getting ready for Daytona and, uh, and these other races coming up down the road. How crucial of a tool is that, and, and how close is it compared to what you feel on the racetrack? Yeah, I mean, I guess we're going to find out pretty here soon in uh, Pensacola how close it yeah. is and how much it compares. But um, it's it's a huge tool. I mean, it's kind of really the only tool you can can kind of have to, to, to perform better on a track. Um, you can, you can train and work out, work out your body, but there's no, there's nothing else in the world besides being in the car that you can really actually use and to learn to track. So to have iRacing that, that teaches you that, and, and maybe, maybe it doesn't help you really understand and figure out the car specifically, but just even the comfort level and seeing all the visuals on the track and where the bumps are at, where, I mean, that's huge, where the bumps are at. Like I know in Pensacola, 
there's a big bump into coming out of turn four. And that's something I yep. wouldn't have wouldn't learned if I didn't play Sims. So um, there's different things like that. And just seeing the visuals of the track and where everything at, it's probably going to be the biggest thing for me. But uh, I really do hope the car drives the same once I, I get into it at Pensacola. All right. As the resident dirt guy, you're going to get back in a, in a dirt micro, you think? I know there's been drivers like Raja who, through the Chevrolet program, been able to run some micro stuff up here at Millbridge Speedway in North Carolina. So any thoughts about getting back in a dirt car a little bit to hone your skills over the course of the season? If Chevy called me and said, you got 50 dirt races this year, I'll be all in 50. So that's, that's kind of, I want to, but um, I have my own dirt program at home and it, it's really been upsetting me lately. I worked really hard on that car for, there was a big race at Millbridge, I think last November, I think it was like 10 grand to win or something like that. And I went home for two weeks straight. I, I mean, I worked hard on the car every day. I got a new engine for, I got a dynode. I, I, the car was, the car was a really, really good car. And, um, First lap at uh, Millbridge, I took it off for of practice and, and started it started missing and it wasn't running right. And ever since then, it just I, I put it up in my shop and I just look at it, but I haven't touched it because it, it really upset me. So, um, but if, if I if I have the courage to go home and, and figure out the problem and have time to, I, I definitely will because uh, dirt dirt's kind of my home and where I can go home and just have fun and and just have fun with my family and still race. But uh, that car really upset me last time I drove it, so I haven't touched it yet. Oh, man. Well, hopefully it turns around for you and hopefully get to see out at Millbridge Speedway. Hey, LeVar, best of luck to you, man. I mean, it was so cool to watch that debut at Daytona. Uh, A star here. And hopefully we can have you more on the show uh, as your young needs to blossom. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I always want to be on this show. Absolutely. More than welcome anytime. That's LeVar Scott, rookie in the Arkansas E-Series, running for Rev Racing. And we wish him the best of luck as they kick things off the end of the month at Five Flags. All right, coming up next. On NASCAR Coast Coast, presented by Wheeling Engineering, a couple news and notes, and we take a look at the schedule, a couple big openers as we get into the heart of March here in 2023. That's all next on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Wheeland Engineering. Wheeland Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and warning systems for the automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Wheeland products are designed, sourced, and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Wheeland Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left, and we're here to stay. Back in to NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Will and Engineering. Just heard from LeVar Scott. He made his debut in the Arkham Menard Series at Daytona. We'll see him next at Five Flags Speedway in Pensacola at the end of the month for the Arca East opener. But Kyle, a lot of confidence for this young driver. Uh, should be some big things, I think, in 2023 for his first full season. Yeah, a lot of talent, a lot of personality. Great person to talk to. Um you know, like you mentioned, so much confidence for being just 19 years old. Uh, he met with the media for a little bit um, the morning of the Daytona 500 and the, the day after the season opener for the Arkham Menard series. And uh, just very, very personable. Look forward to seeing him at the Phoenix Raceway this weekend, although not racing. We'll be there to, to learn as uh, that is just so important at this point of his career, just to be at the racetrack, be around the team, be with his teammates. So we'll uh, be sure to seek him out on Friday evening before the Arkham Menard Series West season opener. Well, let's get into it. As Kyle alluded to, the Arkham Menard Series and Arca West opener at Phoenix. 
Uh, always traditionally in the spring is the Arca West opener out there in the desert. 33 entries for the general tire, 150 Kyle. A lot of different names on there. We talked about LeVar Scott and how his teammates are going to be racing. A, a guy who just got hired last couple of weeks, Jack Wood, is going to be in one of those rev racing entries as well as uh, one of LeVar's good friends. He talked about Andres Perez de Lara, but tons of talent, including our Daytona winner, Greg Van Alst, in the field. Yeah, he'll be looking for two in a row, looking for his uh, first Phoenix win, obviously, this Friday night. Uh, Tanner Reif back uh, was one of the full-time West Coasters driving for Bill McAnally Racing. Trevor Huddleston back with his family team. We talked about Trevor for so many years on this show, finding success out there, running for championships. He'll be back this year in the West Series. And then you have the guys like Frankie Munez back with Rhett Jones Racing, William Zawalich driving for Joe Gibbs Racing. And, and obviously we know JGR's record at Phoenix in, in every division there, no matter whether it be the Cup Series, the Xfinity Series, or in the Arkham and Art Series in the past. So look for William to run well this weekend. So a great entry list, going to be a full field, and uh, can't wait to kick things off in Phoenix on Friday night with the Arkham and Arts and Arkham and Arts West Series. Another one of those kind of battle of attrition races. We saw it last year with Taylor Gray uh, trying yep. to get the win, or he actually ended up getting the win, but he and Sammy Smith and Jesse Love and those drivers, I mean, it's a, it's a battle, you know, for a lot of these West drivers, this is one of the biggest tracks that they'll race on throughout the years. So it's a good first test, but uh, it'll be about surviving until the end, but it'll be curious to see which name comes out on top, especially with those for both of those winners from last year, not being in the field. So we'll have a new winner in 2023. All right. Before we get to the schedule for this weekend, Kyle, big news out in Las Vegas that you were uh, not there to witness or, or be a yeah. part of, but it's been heavy in the news is Chase Elliott uh, ending up with a leg injury, breaking his, his tibia and, and, and now it's going to be out six weeks in the NASCAR cup series. Now, what does this mean to our show? Well, Josh Berry, who we've had on hundreds of times throughout the years is one of our local grassroots racers and now moved up to the Xfinity series. Well, he's going to take that number nine Chevrolet for Hendrick motorsports to all the ovals for the next six weeks. Uh, Jordan Taylor from the IMSA series is going to run Coda, but Kyle, I mean, this is huge. I mean, we talk about, you know, this thinks back to Tony Stewart and the ATV accident several years ago, uh, drivers being able to live their lives, but then things happen. What What is your take on all this? And should drivers have a little bit more, um, I guess, I don't want to say rules, but you know, stipulations about what you can and cannot do during the regular season? No. Um, and I think we 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 saw that years ago when when Rick Hendrick, <clears throat> excuse me, ironically enough, wouldn't allow Casey Kane to go out and run sprint car races. So when Kyle Larson joined the team two years ago, that kind of changed. And we saw Larson have, you know, the season of his life back in 2020. Um, so no, but I understand the point where things do happen. So, you know, should Chase come back in six or seven or eight weeks time and still be able to run for a championship? I don't know. <clears throat> you know, I, I, I'm on the fence about that one. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be tough. And as we record this show this week, NASCAR is yet to make a, an official decision on in terms of a waiver. But uh, uh, it comes to mind. I guess at the end of the day, common sense, right? Maybe snowboarding the day before you're on track uh, in Las yeah. Vegas. Eh, you know, I understand. But at the same time, as, a, as somebody who's not in the sport, I understand the demands that the sport places on its drivers, its teams. And Sometimes you need to be able to get away and live your life and, and, and certainly no fault of his own. So uh, no matter what side of the fence you're on, we're just hoping Chase makes a solid recovery here and gets back behind the wheel. And we'll see what happens as far as what his uh, championship 
qualifications will be able to uh, to be a part of this year. All right, this weekend, Kyle, tons of racing. I know you're going to be out in Phoenix. We'll get to that in just a minute. But on the short track level, we talked about it at the end of last year, the buildup to the first ever ASA Stars National Super Late Model Series opener at Five Flags Speedways coming up this weekend. And you name it, they're there. All the stars are there, Kyle. 36 entries for the Sunshine State 200 season opener. Guys like Hunter Robbins, Connor Jones, Ty Majeski, <clears throat> your whatever you have, I'm having again here. Uh, Ryan Moore, <laughs> Preston Peltier, Grant Infinger, Bubba Pollard, every big super late model star just about in the country, especially in that part of the country, will be there. It's a, an event that's been built up, as you mentioned now, for the better part of six months, and, and it's finally here. Can't wait to, to watch it from, from Phoenix this weekend. Uh, one of many big events throughout the country this weekend, but this one a little bit more in the spotlight because of all the stars that are there on a very predominant racetrack at the Five Flags Speedway. All right, Kyle, but you're headed out west. I know you're nice and rested now. Uh, you, you got to miss Vegas, which that's okay. I'll forgive you. Uh, but MRN will be there. The Motor Racing Network will have all the coverage from Phoenix Raceway beginning Friday. The General Tire 150 for the Arc Menard Series and Arca West Series, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Now, before that, they will cover cup practice on MRM at 6.30 Eastern. Saturday, cup qualifying, 2 p.m. Eastern on MRN, followed by the NASCAR Xfinity Series, United Rentals 200 at 4 p.m. Eastern time. And then, of course, Sunday, it all begins with NASCAR Live Race Day, 2.30 Eastern, leading into the United Rentals Work United 500 at 3.30 Eastern. Kyle, are you ready? for some dueling in the desert. Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, times three uh, we, we, between all three series that are running out there. Uh, kick things off with uh, the Arca series on Friday night. I like Williams Wallach. Um, is it Zwalich or Zwalich? I'm still trying to figure that out, but uh, driving for Joe Gibbs Racing. Look forward, to, uh, look forward to seeing him at the front of the field, and he's my early pick for Friday night. Yeah, I, I'd say that's a solid pick. And I would say if if not William, it's going to be a Venturini car that goes to yep. Venturini at Phoenix. But nonetheless, anything can happen. We've seen it. That's for sure. Well, Kyle, safe travels out to the West Coast this week. Uh, can't wait to recap it all here next week. And uh, hopefully you're feeling better. Hopefully I get rid of this thing, too, uh, before next week. Yeah, we need to get back to 100% here because things are about to start to, to pick up here in the short track world. Blame it on the pollen. That is at least down here. There you go. All right. For Kyle Ricky and our producer, Pat Jaggers, my name is Chris Wilner. Thanks for tuning in once again to NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by our partners at Whelan Engineering. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. Have a great week of racing, everyone. We'll talk about it.